Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm Shawnee Constant, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Bean. Keyfabe, motherfucker. Keyfabe, motherfucker. We are basking in the glory. In the glory. Of the opulent Wrestle Palace. Chandelier. Russell Palace! Like he's fight prison style, dude. Boom <laughs> shakaloo! The scariest of all clowns. Murder clown! It's like we've said uh, previously on the show. Mira! I'm fat! You got a fat ass! It's like he's covered drinking! Bob Burr's got a big old neck! It's a work! It's a work! And this is the one... Show. <laughs> hey everybody. Uh, usually Shawnee Constant says that, but I beat him to the punch today. Oh. Mr. Bean here with you with Shawnee Constant. I've got a reversal just waiting in my back pocket. Sir. All right, fair enough. And uh, welcome back to the One Fall Show. And uh, quite possibly, we've, we've been talking all year about how this was going to be like, this was the week. This yes. was when everything changed. And uh, for both good and bad, I would say that we were right. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was the the week in wrestling where everything changed. It kind of, uh, it's I, I would say it started on Wednesday with the big head to head. Now the Wednesday night wars rolled into Friday and then Sunday and Monday as well. Uh, and that's just if you're you know there there's still wrestling that like there's so much wrestling in 2019 that it can be hard to pay attention to like NWA and Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. New Japan and you know there's there's so many different territories. Uh, all across the the planet Earth, but it's fun because of that territory mentality, right? Like that's where the that's where the the engine of creativity is going to come from. And we thought we were going to see that from WWE. It seemed like we were leaning into that with WWE, right? I'm not sure that we necessarily got the results we wanted at the end of that first week. First off, let me say uh, you recently uh, had me on as a guest on Nerd Radio. Absolutely. I believe the episode was called Jackass with a Sword Tattoo. It was. I'm not sure who that's in reference to. but uh. <laughs> If you want to know, you can always listen to the episode on uh, wherever you get in your podcasts. We're on all over the place. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, the, the Spotify. We're on the B-Pod Studios Network. And we're on WRAF.com. And you can hear Shawnee uh, chiming in about not just wrestling. A little bit of, we talked about the Preacher TV show. Yes. Ending in a whole bunch of stuff, and it was a pleasure to have you on. I hope to do it again real soon. I, was... Yeah, I had, I had a blast, and I really enjoyed that experience, so thank you very much. Absolutely. The concept that you introduced was the idea that Monday is no longer the first day of the wrestling week. And yeah. And that is because Wednesday is becoming so important. I agree with that entirely. Yeah, I feel like your, your week in wrestling, uh, especially with having SmackDown on Friday... Uh, again and and having it almost turn into the a show uh now your week starts on wednesday and ends on monday mm-hmm. if you're if you're a wrestling fan which uh which leaves tuesday away which you know for impact wrestling fans sorry but <laughs> <laughs> but i think going forward especially if this week was any indication going back to what we're uh what i was saying about the the global territories uh i think you're gonna see a lot of division in pro wrestling fans i think you're gonna see quite a few people falling off on some th- shows that quite possibly have been a staple in their week-to-week wrestling watching because it's just not as enjoyable as what you can get on, you know, a different night. 
Yes, and with so much of it, I mean, you have to be a very, very devoted fan to the the, the craft. Absolutely. To follow even close to all of it. Um, but yeah, this first week was really interesting, right? Uh, the move to Fox seems to be working really well for WWE. They won the ratings battle in that first week. Yes. Uh, who do you think won the first week overall? What what? Uh, how, how important to you are ratings? Probably not very, right? But we yeah. certainly have to consider them in terms of... Um, it was certainly something that we explored when we talked on Nerd Radio about how, you know, when the Monday Night Wars were going on, ratings were the barometer mm-hmm. that you could determine whether or not what you were doing was working. Uh, now in 2019, not only do you have ratings, you have uh, what's the hot trend on Twitter, what is going on, uh, you know, what are your, um, what are your DVR views yes. the night after or two nights after, or however long it takes that they can, they can monitor DVR views and that kind of thing. You have, what are your YouTube uh, videos look like? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yes. what are, what are the ratings on that stuff? What are the comments on that? Now, granted, if they went over every single comment, I don't know that that would work. And I don't know that that's ever been part of the plan. No, but the pie is been sliced into infinitely more pieces and that's, right. that's what's interesting about this uh, there are a lot more ways to vote with your dollar yes if you will when it comes to uh to you know any type of uh, meat entertainment medium so leading into this week let's talk a little bit about what wwe was doing mm-hmm. uh it seemed to me at least that they were on the right track we we're seeing the fiend slowly growing his legend sure uh we saw uh, NXT get that hour slot to sort of ease their way into the comp- direct competition right. with AEW. Uh, overall, I th- I was happy with what Raw and SmackDown were doing going into Hell in a Cell. Okay, uh, I thought NXT was on fire. I, I and, yes. and is on fire. I think in terms of just an overall product, they are the top in terms of my overall entertainment full package. Yes. And I think part of that is a, a perform a big part of that is performance, um, and I don't think you get that type of performance if you do not have a dedicated roster in a dedicated arena yes. on a weekly basis. Like if NXT were to, as we uh, were postulating over the summer, if NXT were to move into an arena town by town based show, I don't know that these particular wrestlers get to work at that high of a rate if they don't get to go home to their own bed every night. And they certainly don't get the fire from the crowd, right? That's the great thing about that Full sale crowd is sure. that they are diehards. They are there uh, with great frequency. Yeah. And so the chants, the community, these, these sort of uh, universe using a WWE team, the, the universal spirit is, is essentially on full blast yeah. every time there's a show there. And so they have that advantage going for them. And I think it really uh, makes the... It makes the product more enjoyable because it certainly wrestling is a, as as Stone Cold will often point out, uh, he would he talks about the fact that he may have uh, fifteen thousand people cheering him, but if one guy in the upper deck's booing, he notices that because it's such a reactionary, interactive sure. environment, right? And um, and so I think Full Sail really helps that. Uh, and in terms of the product coming out of the gate, I think NXT has been doing great stuff. Enter. AEW. 
Right. And going going forward, let's talk about uh, last week in wrestling. So you had Raw on Monday night. Uh, I think Impact had just moved to uh, their new channel. I think it's AXS on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had NXT going head-to-head against AEW, with both of them with two-hour time block, one on USA and one on TNT. Thursday was something that escapes me at the I'm moment. I'm not even sure what's going on on Tuesdays. Fr- yeah, Friday was the first SmackDown on Fox, uh, and then Sunday was Hell in a Cell. Um, out of all of that programming, what did you get to view? I watched all of it. Okay. I keyed in on AEW. Um, I like the upstarts. You know, who doesn't like sure. a good underdog story? As wrestling fans, we're very familiar with that. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was able to watch all of it. And um, so for that week, ending with Hell in a Cell, let's say, uh, again, we're going Wednesday to Wednesday, so that's not how we're viewing things. Sure. But into Hell in a Cell, I watched everything. Okay. Uh, things changed after that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, for, for myself personally, I got to see all of it except for NXT. Okay. Uh, and not because I was not interested in NXT, but I did hear and see, thanks to the magic of the internet and Twitter, that NXT was a great show. But it was more important to me to give AEW ratings, at least on a household basis, mm-hmm. that that first night. Like, I want to see what this is going to be right. kind of thing. Um, and then Hell in a Cell was officially when I... Uh, because of my work schedule, I work at midnight on Monday morning, so I did not watch Hell in a Cell in a live capacity. But once I checked Twitter and saw what had happened in Hell in a Cell, decided, you know what? Not worth my time. <laughs> Probably not, which is unfortunate because and, the first two hours of it were fantastic. Right, and there are moments uh, that, I, that I have seen from Hell in a Cell. There are things that happen at Hell in a Cell that do make me very happy. Yes. Uh, but the fact that I, it, was, it ended in a complete metaphorical car crash... Uh, was like, you know what? No, I got better things to do. Yeah, no, the thing that we're looking at, I think, with WWE, and, you know, they're in it for the long haul. You know, there was a a tweet that came out from, I don't know if it was WWE proper or Triple H, but... Essentially saying, "Hey, congratulations!" But it's a, it's a, a it's a marathon, a marathon not, not a sprint. sprint. Yes, right. And um, and that's that's a fair critique. Right. Uh, you know, they they are well established. They have all the money in the world, so that they can they can last through almost no ratings. Yeah. For uh, you know the next uh, twenty years, if they needed to, but I didn't expect to see it come out in the finish of that Hell in a Cell. As it right. did, and it's hard. It, it's hard to address it because, in some ways, it was the most impactful moment. But, but do you want in- to credit the WWE for drawing attention with an absolute shit show, which right. is, is, is clearly what the fans and personally myself considered that ending to be. Yeah. And for those of you that listen to myself and Shawnee on you know a regular basis, and this is kind of how you get your wrestling, we greatly appreciate uh, that that you know our our insight into what is going on is kind of like how you how you absorb the entertainment value and decide whether or not things are worth watching. So um, I, I guess you know let's go over the the different product the the different shows. Uh, from from the last week, you were saying Monday night felt like a really good uh, go home show for uh, for Hell in a Cell. Yes, we've long complained. Uh, I especially have long complained that the WWE looks at the go home shows as you know glorified sort of previews of the pay per view. Right, the matches tend to be. Um, 
rather prosaic, uh, predictable, um, not that interesting. But I thought it was a good show. It had me fired up. Yeah. Uh, where we got to see Rusev return. Um, yes. It was an interesting scenario in which Rusev returned. Well, yeah. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Whoa. 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 Well, that was uh, that was Josh from uh, Jeez, he's fired up. Yes, he does not. <laughs> he does not like uh, Bobby's. No, uh, well, what are you going to do? Of course, right? uh, he appeared a few episodes ago, and he was talking about Kid Rock, but he apparently right. does not like the cuck angle either. No, well, I can't say I blame him. I think we have to address that head on. Uh, I thought it was a bold move. If that was the most negative thing that the WWE did that week sort of all press is good press mentality sure it was fairly interesting it's uh, one of those it certainly things drew attention yeah it's one of those things where like if you get it right seven or eight times out of ten then those two times you get it wrong where you're just completely tone deaf to what the audience wants then like we're willing to forgive it because of those seven or eight times you got it right right kind of things but uh, as the week progressed it seemed like it was more in the opposite direction mm-hmm. where you only got it right maybe two or three times right and they, there were seven or eight times where like I don't think you're. I don't think you're here to entertain me anymore. I think you're here to entertain somebody completely different. It's interesting, right? Because they've had this PG thing going for a really long time, so they clearly want families in there. I there's a piece of me that wonders if they didn't intentionally tease the smarks and then piss them off in order to push them out. Yeah. So that you have an environment where the families, the sort of circus crowd, can come back in. Maybe. Sort of change your core audience. If that's the case, very, very bold move. Yeah, I would, and, you know, we could we could sit here in your uh, in your studio and kind of postulate all, all sorts of things. Like some some people would, would possibly guess that maybe Vince McMahon is making a bad product to encourage this global territory system to bring everybody up. To, to a level where, like, okay, now I can do what I know I have to do in order to compete. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily completely even close to the truth. I have no idea what the truth is, unfortunately, at this point. It really feels like, especially when you hear from people who have worked for that company, <laughs> John Moxley, um, <laughs> it really feels like you are performing for an audience of one. Yes. And whatever he feels is the most entertaining thing is the thing that's going to get pushed through. And there were multiple examples in the last seven days that that felt like what happened. I I agree 100%. And uh, it all culminated with that Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. How much do we want to talk about outside of that? What are some, are there some notable things? Well, let's talk about Wednesday. Because Wednesday was definitely, that was the beginning of the new era of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And how telling is it? I'm sure plenty of people have come up with this, but how telling is it that you know you've got competition coming in, you know you want to put your best foot forward if you're going to go head-to-head against that competition, even though you don't really see it as competition because you've been at this game for years, decades even, and they are just starting up. How telling is it that what you decided to put against them is what essentially started as your farm league and now has become the thing the fans love the most. That's a really interesting dynamic, right? Because we, of course, see all the great talent that NXT has been accumulating over time. Right. So it's sort of, an, uh, conceptually, NXT is uh, the better stocked AEW if what the corporate approach 
is is that we have the best indie talent because right. they sort of were scooping the cream of the crop outside of the elite and their direct right their the, the people when, they were directly impacted when the, by when the truth is you're getting as much good talent as is willing to come work for you right but what you you want to present from a corporate standpoint is we're getting the best Yes. Everybody that doesn't come here is just not good enough to be here. Right. Kind of thing. When, They're, you know, as, as as Smarks, we know that that is simply not true. <laughs> but they do have uh, this tremendous amount of great indie talent that is now the um, the NXT talent. Absolutely. And so, uh, and, and I think in, in many ways they were correct in terms of putting on what I think was the best overall package with NXT. Right, and that's that's a big part of it, too, is not only is that rat roster stacked, but the presentation of the roster is a big part of, you know, what, it, like, you can have 20 of the best wrestlers on the planet on your roster, but if your booking is awful, mm-hmm. it does not matter. And they have, with a two-week head start on AEW, even with only getting an hour time slot and then putting the second hour on the network, they have done a great job of trying to make sure each of those shows is booked as as diamond hard as possible. Right. And and But the approach is, and I think this is... So the advantage of uh, being the the old man in the cave uh, is that you have your system down. Right. The problem is is that system calcified in a bad way, and because they are a publicly traded company, the the approach that they constantly seem to have is that they are going to push their top faces so they can sell the most product. Right. I think this is where AEW got things exactly right, which is. You don't anoint baby faces. You create baby faces. And okay. how do you do that? You have an army of heels come out, fuck everybody up, yeah. and end your show with Doomsday. Yeah. And WWE hasn't done that in a very long time. That's true. AEW did exactly what WWE should have done with that first uh, AJ Styles Club Nakamura wave coming from New Japan. You create uh, a a seemingly insurmountable force that your baby faces have to work through, not only in terms of telling your story, but also in terms of winning over your crowd. Right. Vince McMahon perpetually wants people to accept that his number one baby face is who you're going to goddamn get whether you like it or not. It failed with... With uh, with uh, Roman with Roman Reigns, and now it's failing with Seth Rollins. Yeah, and they did the they created a monster. Uh, they have monsters. They have the club, but they're doing whatever their weird clubby whatever their WWE storyline is with them. Sure, and not to say that I don't like what's happening. I, I I'm enjoying. I'm happy that the club that the OC is a thing, mm-hmm. even if they the name just gets dumber and dumber every time <laughs> yeah. they put these guys together. An excellent point. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things, and maybe maybe that's just the guy who's been watching wrestling for the last twenty years, much less the last four, you know, thirty to forty years of his life. But if they never succeed, then why am I scared of them? Right? Why is anyone thing. scared of any heel in WWE? Right? Because if the, if the OC comes out week after week and loses against the Viking Experience, then why do I care? Right? They're just simply there. As a prop for the Viking experiences rise or, right. or fall, uh, whereas you know you bring out um, Moxley and 
Uh, uh, you get Moxley and Jericho, and then uh, who was the tag team that was with them? The names escape me at the moment, but you know, you like you said, you have an army of heels essentially beating down the elite who you've gotten to uh, you know know and love through YouTube. And then the surprise appearance of Jack Swagger. What a strange decision! But in the context yeah. of you have a pile of monster heels who are running roughshod over right. your organization. I was okay. So I'm not a Jack Swagger fan. Never have been a Jack Swagger <laughs> fan. Uh, I don't know that there are very many of them. No, but it was intriguing and it was bold in a really interesting way, right? Like you would expect that you're going to have a huge name come out and yeah. you have this sort of B level. Since, since the since the surprise of John Moxley, like we all even leading into what was it all out? We're all like, well, it's in Chicago for the second time, and CM Punk's going to be at the thing, and right. like, this is it, this is it, it's happening, this is it, and it doesn't, and you know, like he's definitely not a name that was on the top of my head. But he's a guy who, okay, let's see what you can do. And especially with AEW, what can you, can you make me care about Jack Swagger? Absolutely. And, and in the context of a, 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 a huge heel faction or stable, right. you know, which is what it looks like we're, we're going to see, very, very intriguing. And, and perhaps the best they could do, right? Maybe you could probably have brought somebody out of retirement from ECW or WCW. Sure. Uh, doesn't give you a lot of clay to work with in terms of yeah. sculpting your product. Where when you, when you bring in Big Papa Pump, you know he's only going to be good for like one pay per view match and maybe a couple of promos ahead of time, and that's where you get a lot of like the old WCW, ECW guys. Like mm-hmm. their prime is at least a decade ago, right? So we're only good for so much. Whereas Jack Swagger is still doing an MMA. So, you know, he, he's still somewhat in his prime. Yeah, presumably in, in better shape than I made the joke several times that the last time we had seen him on SmackDown, he blew up climbing yeah. into the ring. Right. And uh, he, that didn't seem to be the case. Right. But just an interesting approach to things. I thought the AEW, uh, the first episode of AEW especially, was fascinating in that um, I feel like a lot of what you're seeing, even with the NXT product, is reactionary and AEW does not feel the least bit reactionary. It feels like somebody who has a plan going forward and is sticking to that plan and is willing to probably alter that plan based on where the crowd goes and who likes what and doesn't like whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, it does not feel the least bit reactionary to what's going on on the other channel. Yes, and that's the advantage of essentially uh, telling the first chapter of your story versus WWE, who's just telling chapters you know right. the, the, hey we've been here forever we're gonna be here forever we can tell whatever damn story we want well that's not exactly compelling right and if you're not willing to change the approach to your storytelling uh, as it seems they are not then you're really just resting on your laurels rather than being innovative and uh jack swagger as strange as it was as an introduction was intriguing because mm-hmm. it's innovative right and we want to see where chapter two comes from i don't know if we're you know we're chapter what they love bragging about it we've had a, a, a thousand and thirty eight episodes of smackdown sure that's all well and good but if only four or five of them are notable <laughs> right right and that was that was a thing too i love the announced team 
I love having Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. It gives it an old school nostalgic feel, whether you were an, uh, an ECW or uh, I'm sorry, a WCW fan or a Monday Night Raw fan back during the Monday Night Wars. Excalibur, I think, is a fantastic uh, color commentator in with the rest of them. He has when for the pay-per-views that we had seen leading into the weekly show, Excalibur, I uh, thought was funny because he was just sort of this uh, smiling hooded figure. Sure. Um, that didn't seem to have a flow. They had the flow down. They were ready. I agree. For that opening night, and they were very, very impressive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I do have to. It, it, it felt like an episode of WCW Nitro, and I do not mean that in the, in the least bit in a bad way. Uh, if I have one negative thing to say about the first episode of AEW, is if I get that kind of episode two months from now, I don't know that I'll care. Mm-hmm. No fair. But right now, when I feel like you're building towards something, I'm very interested. I want to see where this is headed. Yeah, and if you aren't someone who has been watching all of the, uh, you know, being the elite uh, webisodes, sure. had not followed every pay-per-view that has come along the way, it's going to take some time to warm up to these characters. I'm sure. And, uh, and that's sort of the thrill, right? They, I'm sure they, much like Vince McMahon, I'm sure they think they know who they want their Seth Rollins to be. Right. We have to hope that... Uh, the corporate culture of the thing is that there's some flexibility in terms of if someone, if someone starts to uh, strap the rockets on themselves with the fans, are they going to get a higher ceiling than no, no, we have this ABC storytelling that we just plug people into and we don't really care how much the fans are interested because we're just working towards next year's WrestleMania. That's the, that's one of the things I was thinking while I was watching it too, is it's been fascinating over the last year to watch the elite book themselves. And it, at like Cody starts the, uh, starts the night off with a fantastic match. But, uh, I don't recall if he won that match or not. And his win loss record is not in the positive, And it makes me wonder how long, especially when they've, been preaching that wins and losses are going to count mm-hmm. how long can cody and kenny omega and the the bucks continue to book themselves in a losing capacity like all it takes is what like two or three a string of two or three victories and you're back on top of the mountain mm-hmm. and, th- and that's fine but it makes me wonder at what point do they feel like they've paid their dues and no one is going to speak of them in the same breath they might speak of Jeff Jarrett when they start booking themselves in main events? Right, right. Like, we know the Bucks are great. We've watched them for years steal the show. We know Kenny Omega is a fantastic wrestler, and we know that Cody has the personality to carry whatever you put on him. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, like I said, I just wonder, every, every week that they're getting beat down by somebody or another, I'm like... How long is this going to go on before you're like, okay, okay, this, this is enough, this is enough, okay. Uh, I, in a perfect world, it goes on until the promos start to uh, lead the fans into hungering for them to win. Sure. And they're in a perfect position for that to happen. And again, why I think it was so wise to have these heels come out so strong. One, you have a, a, a great collection of heels. John Moxley and and Chris Jericho being sort of the top of that pyramid, right? right. They are both very very um, potent figures in the wrestling world. And, and I so, think if you could if you could nail down Pac, I think oh, he, Pac, yes, I think he is uh, he, like that. That is your holy trinity of evil motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And and again, by booking them super powerfully early, it gives a foil for those. Uh, for those faces to, to earn their way to the top. And right. they, they were very wise to put themselves in a position to do that because, of course, the the 
the low hanging criticism of AEW is well this is going to be it's it's called all elite and it's going to be just just this group of five white guys who right. are just going to be on top of the thing from start to finish and how how boring is that going to be so by 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 recognizing you're introducing yourselves to an entirely new audience you play yourselves much lower than your full capabilities mm-hmm. so that that new audience can start to say, hey, I've heard all this great stuff about Kenny Omega, but he keeps losing. Right. When am I going to see full Kenny Omega? And those of us who are patient and who understand the importance of up-down storytelling in professional wrestling are just going to be saying, oh, just wait. Because when that gonna day happen. comes, it's going to be a barmer. It's going right. to be a 10-star match. Right. And and you hope, of course, that they can follow through with that actual ten star match. And exactly. I, I have no reason to believe that they won't ultimately be able to do that. But in the meantime, you have a great collection of characters uh, around which to introduce the lesser known indie guys. Right. Even some of the guys who may have been the absolute top of the indies, you're still dealing with a very small percentage of the wrestling fan base who are aware of their work. Mm-hmm. So you've got to introduce them to us and they have to win us over on the big stage. It's it's a different animal to win over a room of two or three hundred than it sure. is to win over a room of 15,000. Right. So they have to work their way towards that. Very bold that they are doing the stadium tours right from the start. Yeah, and and at the same time, um, you know, Kenny Omega has made his name and and everything over in Japan, Mm -hmm. you know, and and the Bucks have made their name in Ring of Honor and in New Japan kind of stuff. They are essentially starting from scratch with some of this AEW stuff. Like, yeah, you sold a lot of Bullet Club t-shirts at Hot Topic, and people might have watched your stuff on YouTube, but now you have to get them in the building. Right. You know, on a a national level. And I I don't think it's... uh, I don't. I don't think they're not capable of it. I think they're absolutely capable of it. But it's interesting to watch them start from scratch and 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 you know start building again. Right, and they've got to prove themselves. And the one now their career, while their product is is fresh and they're on chapter one, going into chapter two here, their careers are matured. Yeah. And so you have this interesting dynamic where if you're bringing in young people to the product. You have this huge fan base of now mostly dudes who are in their 30s. So if you're a 15-year-old jumping into the product, do you really want, like, is it your cool uncles who are introducing you to the elite or the the elite's dad's favorite thing? And it's going to require someone new to come in and be the hero. And I think having the diversity of... um, character types is really big for AEW in that way you know uh I'm really excited about the what is it the Jurassic uh, I don't even know what they're calling themselves but uh oh like Luchasaurus and, and Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy yeah you know I think that they're going to be a huge hit across a, a wide spectrum of people because I mean they they're they're perfect for a kid right oh um, sure but if you if you've just the if you have that child at heart mentality of wrestling you're going to be super excited to see him now if you're the uh the sort of uh, angry, uh, who's the who's the angry man who used to carry the tennis racket? Uh, the, oh, uh, the Jim Cornette. Yeah, if you're Jim Cornette, like I motherfucker, like wrestling's not <laughs> supposed to be fun. Right. It's supposed to be, I don't know what. If you're not here for the fun, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Go watch boxing. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but but I think there's a wide spectrum. Um, you know, Orange Cassidy is someone who's going to be very controversial, but I think people along. Again, it's it's a, this. They have an absolute fresh start. Yeah, 
the elite is relying on this cabal of fans who sort of are in a specific demographic. Can the elite expand beyond that? And does that demographic hurt them? Right. It, it, it's sort of incumbent on us as fans in some ways to create a welcoming and, and fun environment for new people to come in. Otherwise, they will have peaked on their first episode right. in terms of uh, the, the, the ratings and how many viewers they have. And that's really the thrill of the next year, right? Is to see if if wrestling isn't able to expand its, um, its overall fan base in the next 12 months, it's going to remain at this sort of percentage of the population who are into it right. almost forever, right? Like, has there been a more supernova time? We talked about on the on their radio. My feeling was that that Wednesday was the most important night of wrestling in the 21st century. Now, do we go back towards the Attitude Era, uh, you know, Monday Night Wars days? Or did we all get... You know, like, is this the the car on the 16th birthday and three years from now the car is going to be beat the fuck up? Because as wrestling fans, we just just ride that thing into the ground and sure. say, give me more, give me more, give me more, rather <laughs> than taking care of the thing we've got. Now, I, I had said uh, earlier that, you know, if the, the, the first episode of AEW was fine, but if you're only giving me this type of wrestling two months from now, I don't know that I'm interested. What What's the shelf life for you, personally, do you, you know, think? I, you know, I haven't given that much thought. You know, I was so because... excited for this Wednesday to come. Now, uh, part of my answer to that comes down to what we experience with Helena Cell. Sure. Well, I and let me, let me preface. I asked that question because if AEW is going to continue to slowly build their product without giving us these really big moments, you know, I mean, they're having the heels, you know, having Jack Swagger come out. That's a pretty big moment. But if you're not going to give me really big moments, while every week NXT is going to give me something else that I'm right. going to be like, holy shit, um, you know, how long? Before you start switching channels and before, you know, like, okay, well, AEW's good, but, like, I gotta see what happens on NXT as mm-hmm. soon as it happens. No, that's the 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 the, the potency of NXT's complete product, as we've uh, discussed in this episode, is definitely uh, the carrot, I think, that AEW is going to have to strive for. Yeah. And, you know, the... Um, the Undisputed Era have had a long reign. Yeah, finally, um, finally giving all four of them titles mm-hmm. leading into this Wednesday Night War, uh, giving us, um, you know, giving us a main event that Wednesday of Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, and then also bringing back Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor right. to NXT. Like, you know, you, you are just setting up huge dominoes and knocking them down in that two-hour block. Yes, and I think the one fun thing is that we are probably in an environment now where if Raw and SmackDown just decide to be this sort of milquetoast, rah-rah TV rather than thrilling TV, at least we have that NXT, and the idea of... I mean, the NXT roster alone without Finn Balor or, you know... Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, so you put put my sweet baby KO on NXT, and sure, I'm going to exactly. be hard pressed to not want to see that every week. If AEW spends the next six months slowly introducing us to our characters, those characters have to pop. Yep, those you know, Orange Cassidy has to step his game up. However, Orange Cassidy is going to do that. Right. You know, very slowly. I'm guessing. <laughs> yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> And and he's actually not the best example. Uh, he always comes to mind to me. Orange Cassidy sure. 
probably has a good year year where he can still do no wrong in my book and and uh may he may have an entire career in which he can do no wrong in my book <laughs> frankly but uh he was my favorite segment on being the elite they did a did an interview with him last week that's and excellent he, he's just just being orange cassidy but all these other you know can um luchasaurus live up to the expectations and exceed those expectations for sure in his storytelling week to week, and we haven't even we haven't even mentioned anybody on, like in the in the women's division. Like they crown their women's champion. Mm-hmm. You've got Doctor Britt Baker in yes. there, and Nyla Rose, and you know you've got a, a very stacked women's division in, in uh, AEW as well. Yep, and that's boy, that seems to be the one area I have to say where uh, where WWE has excelled. The women's uh, portion of this last week was. Phenomenal! It was booked in the way the fans, I think, wanted. Right. Uh, we got to see Oscar with the the green mist. Yeah, which was incredible. Yep. Uh, the highlight, I mean, like, it, not the highlight of the night. The, the, again, the, the first half of that show was. I was really excited about it. Well, we've talked about the highest of highs that has mm-hmm. come out of this week. We've also kind of experienced the lowest of lows, and that all started on Friday. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Whoa. Okay, okay, Josh. We get it. You yeah, don't. No. You don't like Bobby. Yeah, he he wasn't on that show. Just calm down. Calm down. It's all right. But you know, we got our first taste of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Uh, presentation wise, phenomenal. Yes. Love the new staging. Love the. You can tell the cameras are different. Mm-hmm. Um, the the graphics, the way they're like we we've shit all over the three D graphics at SummerSlam and WrestleMania a, a ton, but it kind of works. Yeah, they nailed a, that on a Friday Night SmackDown kind of thing. The card itself was pretty great mm-hmm. uh, until you got to about ten minutes before the show was over. Yes. And uh, again, this is I, I I've been banging this drum, but WWE has a main event problem. They just they do everything. Well, until they decide, hey, look, it, we when when they make a run of T-shirts, it probably costs them several million dollars. So they have to make sure that they give the product that can sell those shirts. Except when you're just driving people out the door, as they ultimately ended up doing this. Yeah, week. Uh, yeah. I, I I think we all expected the end of Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. I think none of us wanted it. No, and certainly not like that. And no. certainly not with any indication that he's going to get a chance to fight back. We like. We haven't, right. We haven't. I, nope. Mm. He's 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 off the table. Brock Lesnar has the the uh, championship now, and we're moving forward. He's going to fight one of his MMA uh, you mm-hmm. know opponents. And let me tell you, there's nothing uh, that captures the spirit and immediacy of MMA like two old MMA fighters pretending to MMA. Like, yeah. Like that's not exciting to me. <laughs> now if. If uh, WWE bought the UFC's um, library and could show us those great fights they had, that would be one thing. Having right. a couple of uh, old warriors pretending to pantom, like, why are you doing that? You're 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 catering to the. I guess you're catering to this other audience to bring them in, right? But uh, I think that you're going to have a your existing fan base is telling the new people who are coming in don't. Don't get too excited because right. this is a... Don't get attached because... Yeah. Let me tell you about Carney Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Carney Bullshit is the perfect uh, perfect phrase to talk about uh, Sunday's Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that was uh, intriguing that uh, the Fiend uses the, a giant hammer to attack... A big old mallet. A giant mallet to attack uh, Seth Rollins, but when Seth Rollins gets a much smaller hammer and uses it, the ref says, Whoa, whoa, whoa this is... Did we say hell in the cell? No, no, we didn't mean that at all. And uh, 
How do you call that event that way? I don't know. I I saw I saw a tweet that I thought was fantastic in that can we retroactively disqualify every Hell in a Cell Triple H has ever been in, considering he has used the exact same hammer. Absolutely. In in much worse, you know, fashion. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't put a ladder and a steel chair and a toolbox between the hammer and the person he was hitting. Most of the time, sometimes he put his knuckles between the the base of the hammer. Sometimes he just swung the goddamn thing. <laughs> you know. Also, we have a match where a man threw another man off the top of the cell, and it continued. But you know what? We're gonna the ref's gonna stop this one. Yeah, like how cranky are you if you're uh, if you're you're um, you're you're Mick Foley watching that match, just racked in pain from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, and you're like. What, you fucking called the thing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they had the watch along on YouTube, and X-Pac was there. That was hilarious. And he's like, you guys aren't going to ask me back for one of these, but how the fuck do right. you get disqualified in Hell in a Cell? Right, right. And he's right. He's, he's absolutely 100% absolutely right. right. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, the people had, obviously, they were so jacked for The Fiend and were just, man, Seth Rollins is much less over than even I right. thought. And even, okay, I did like I I could complain about this for an hour uh this this particular fucking shit show but the the fact that let, let's take the ending away okay, okay. let's yep. let's let's completely remove the ending okay. from the match Seth Rollins curb stomps the fiend then hits the corner and curb stomps him again then hits the corner and curb stomps him again pin one count yes well, that didn't work so what am I gonna do oh I know I'm gonna curb stomp him five more times. And then he's gonna kick out on a one count. The next motherfucker to get curb stomped and 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 beaten is weak a, as fuck is a chump. Is weak. a goddamn chump. Not only have you killed the curb stomp as a finisher, mm-hmm. but you have absolutely killed every motherfucker that has taken a curb stomp and died. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. How you how you don't realize that you just created a booking that takes your two. Uh, two of your you know big names, uh, right? Certainly your top five uh, percent. And you had literally two months to plan. You had to you booked yourself into a corner. Absolutely, I don't know how how do you put the fiend against the champion? Like I said going in when we talked about it. How do you radio. put the fiend against anyone now? Why do you put him against the champion? Because then when he doesn't go over. Then, every, then, then yeah. it's all it's all up in smoke. Yeah, uh, up in smoke is exactly the way to put it. Yeah, and uh, very disappointing. Very disappointing. And and let me say, let me bring it back. There were good things Sunday. Yes. Becky Becky and uh, and Sasha put on a, a completely respectable Hell in a Cell match. I called it a straight up barn burner. Yeah. I thought they brought the house down. I was so fired up. Great match to start the show. Fucking uh, the you, the Kabuki Warriors finally winning the tag team mm-hmm. titles when Asuka goes all great Muda with yeah. the Mist. Like I'm here for that. Yep. that's fucking great. I even saw and I have to admit. Did not watch anything except I had to see the shit show. <laughs> but I saw a clip on Twitter of Ali and Randy Orton, a match I do not give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. But Orton hits Ali with the uh, with the um, RKO, and re- Ali pops back up and yep. counters it. Yes, fucking brilliant, super cool counter. And you know that was a there was a heartwarming moment in that where at the end of it. Uh, essentially, Randy Orton gave him the nod. Yeah. Randy put Ali over, which I thought was super cool. Good. After he pinned him, he sort of gave him a little tap on the right. on, on the hip as he as he popped up to to give his you know to to, to raise his arms. And right. It was like you know what, kid. Good good show. Yeah. You, you're you're a goddamn superstar. Yeah. That was really cool from a guy who I think a lot of us are not big fans of Randy sure. Orton. 
hard uh, hard for some of us to be fans of him, especially when he's dropping n bombs. Uh, well, on, on video games, very true, very true. <laughs> Thankfully, it was the soft A for what that's worth. I, I don't know anymore, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. They, again, the, the, that show and really, they could have put on three hours of very watered down matches, and all they had to do was make the fiend. The super monster right. that they started to. Yes, the, the the fans were booing all the curb stomps, and I thought to myself, "Don't boo this because when the fiend wins, he's going to be the most powerful when wrestler he, when he ever cannot be stopped." Yes. Then, all right, cool. This is the new Kane. This is the new Undertaker. This is what I fucking wanted. Yeah, the, what we hoped that Bray Wyatt was going to be when he faced the Undertaker in right. WrestleMania a few years ago. I was, you know, I thought, oh, here's the time. Undertaker's old, pass that torch. It's you about have this crazy, and no, uh, still, he comes back as the fiend, Nova hot among the fans, yeah, and still can't get over. So where does that leave him? I don't know. And frankly, I'm not all that excited to find out because I didn't even turn on Raw this week. Neither did I. Neither did I. After after the absolute, and you know, people are chanting AEW in the crowd. People are chanting refund. Uh, people the hashtag cancel the net. The network is you know twenty four for twenty four hours afterwards is a big thing on Twitter. You even uh, had had uh, said, in, uh, I believe it was either Lapaddle or over on our boards. No, it was like, on our boards. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm I can't, checking out. I canceled my network now. Whether that'll stand, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think it will stand because I think what I'll do is I will find a way to watch it without giving them my ten dollars. There are plenty of them. Uh, I've heard that there's. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that there are ways. Right, for sure. But uh, you know, it, and that's ultimately what the the conclusion I came to ahead of Monday Night Raw. And once again, working midnights, I can't watch Raw live, so I can kind of just surf Twitter and see what is it worth my time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, the fact that they decided. We're not even going to mention what happened last night, the thing that everyone's been talking about tomorrow. We're not even going to talk about it. No. That's an interesting decision. Neither of those guys are going to show up tonight. We're not going to move the story forward at all. Uh, we know you're upset about it, so we're just going to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, and, and next week you'll come back and cheer when Seth Rollins comes out and says, Boy, for the for the 18th time, Seth Rollins starts a show by coming out and saying, Boy, that opponent I faced sure was tough, but I'm Seth Rollins, and yep da 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 Right. Which is clearly just a thing that has not been working, but they they seem to be insisting on pushing yet again. And ultimately the conclusion I came to is that unless you are Fox money or Saudi money, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And until you can take that away from them, they don't care. So you know what? I don't care. There is plenty of wrestling to watch. I'll do something else with my Monday night slash Tuesday morning. Yes, uh, that's that's my feeling as well. The I, I would not have been so quick to pull the trigger on canceling the network if the thing that I knew they were going to spend the rest of the month promoting instead of The Fiend leading into Halloween was going to be this, this uh, the next Saudi shit show. Right. Uh, for the sake of um, everyone involved in WWE, hopefully the Saudi death squads weren't as enraged by Hell in a Cell as the rest of us. Otherwise, yeah, that, tr- that trip may not go so well. Right. No, I don't think so. I think they're very concerned with getting to see uh, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan mm. in a live capacity. I like how they're calling it the first ever um, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. When hasn't there very clearly been I a think, previous? I team think Hogan? WCW did that at once at one point. I think you can actually go back on the network and find it. 
<laughs> but you know, that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. tell us it's the first ever something when you go, wait a second. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I've been watching wrestling for 20 years. I clearly remember when this happened before. So the first time uh, with them dubbed sports entertainers, they did it as professional wrestlers, which, sure. you know, who likes professional wrestling? We're all here <laughs> for the sports entertainment. Yeah. But no, I, I, I woke up. I checked Twitter. The first thing I saw was uh, that there was more of this weird cuckold Rusev angle. And uh, and that they didn't mention Seth Rollins or The Fiend at all. And I'm like, you know what? Then I don't care. Yeah, and fuck you, I Bobby. I, you know what? I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. No, that's absolutely fair. It's, uh, no, I'm, you know, even having, uh, what is it? Charlotte and Becky Lynch fight the uh, Kabuki Warriors so that Asuka can hit Becky with the uh, with the green mist. Oh, like, that one went down. Yeah, that went down on Monday, and you know what? That sounds fun, but I don't want to sit through three hours of shit programming to find the diamond when I can sit through two hours of fantastic programming on a Wednesday night, no matter which channel I'm on, mm-hmm. and I don't have to look for the diamond in the turd. Now, one of the things that uh, has sort of fallen um, under the radar, I noticed uh, quite a bit, is that... AEW has announced that on Tuesday nights they're going to be having sort of the the dark matches yes. will be playing on their YouTube channel. Right. That's very intriguing to me because yeah. that's something where I feel like I don't necessarily need to be there for the immediacy of it. But I have a feeling, especially in these first several months, it's something I'm going to want to check out because I'm going to want to see the lore being built for these characters. Right. Again, see, hoping that co- the corporate mentality is that someone who builds good lore gets rewarded for it rather than none of the lore matters because we have this ABC structure that we're going to f- squeeze our you know square pegs into and that's even what, if the holes are round. That's what we hope for as wrestling fans too is you've got a company essentially run by guys who have been in the dark match. Yes. And they understand that like look, it sucks to be in the match that doesn't matter or that people don't care about or that has no lore building in it whatsoever. So why don't we make sure that those matter too? Mhm kind of thing and that's mm-hmm. kind of funny I, I this is a pipe dream but i hope for a day when the usa network looks at how much effort went into making sure that smackdown on fox was such a such a you know a big deal and decides you know what uh we don't need three hours of programming on monday wwe and then once wwe walks out out the door they get on the phone and like so AEW, we hear you have this thing you do on YouTube for an hour. Would you would you like to be the lead in for Monday Night Raw? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have been seeing the commercials, right? Which was very like that was that's amazing. Before to the me. Wednesday like, hit, that was some of the biggest news. You yeah, know, like the, the biggest pops were like, did we just see an AEW what? commercial during Raw? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Right, right. <laughs> and you know, it's 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 simple. Uh, it's simple financials. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, how much does it cost to advertise during Raw? USA doesn't give a fuck who's advertising during Raw. No, they just matter who's. You know, are you going to sign the paycheck yep. for the the amount of money that we want? So, but yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see that kind of thing. And I don't know. As a smoker, I am so glad to be able to watch AEW and not having to see those goddamn little lung commercials shaming me week after week, reminding me that I'm headed to an early grave. Thanks, I know. I'm trying to spend what little time I have enjoying some goddamn wrestling. I'm Fuck sorry, you. was that a, was that a tangent? <laughs> so going forward, this yes. particular week, um, what... How do you feel like your viewing tastes are changing, even one weekend? Super hype for AEW. Everything else is sort of side burner. Yeah. You know, if, I, if I'm bored and I want to see some wrestling, I'm going to turn on 
NXT first because I know I'm going to get a great product. And I right. probably should prioritize NXT a little more than I'm sort of feeling like I'm going to. And that that'll be the tricky part in terms of the network is is those uh, those phenomenal pay per views, right? Yeah. Like, I, I can't pretend that NXT hasn't delivered nothing but knockout uh, just just month after month, year after year now. Just so many great pay per views, and that was without Finn Balor. Agreed. And you know, Finn Balor and the main stage has always been held at a very specific level. Yep. It seems like he was only asked to go out there, smile, and be some abs, and either win or lose, but not ever in a context that was really that valuable. Right. But I feel like he's probably going to get a chance to be a real leader in on the NXT level, which is exactly the, you know, when he was in New Japan creating the Bullet Club, he was leading a locker room into a next great phase. Yeah. WWE doesn't want anyone leading you to a next great phase. Vince McMahon's already decided that the next great phase is is what he's got in his head, and he's already plotted it out for the next year and a half. And if you're the supernova that's coming along, tough shit, dim yourself, because maybe your time will come, maybe it won't. In NXT, I think he's going to shine again. So that's really that's really thrilling. Yeah. Um, I think that watching the 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 uh, Fox show SmackDown will be pretty important because it's getting the big ratings. So that's where the biggest moments are probably going to happen with WWE. But if they continue to be these duds, which all of the big moments have been uh, coming out of this last week, then I, I will fall off of that pretty damn quickly. How, how about you? What is your prioritization? Uh, my prioritization definitely is Wednesday nights to catch uh, AEW in a live format because I'm interested in what they're building. But I agree that like um, it's I, I'm literally going to be watching uh, SmackDown and Raw and quite possibly the next pay-per-view or two uh, the same way I watch Impact. I'm going to be watching them through Twitter. Mm. I will let people watch it first and decide for me: Is it worth my time? Mm-hmm. Wait for the reviews to come in, rather yeah. than and yeah, and and I think that's completely fair. When you have this much across the board, you know, even if everything started off incredibly great, if the Fiend had won, uh, if everything was just banging, you know, uh, it would fatigue would set in. Oh, it, for sure. You know, it's just inevitable. It's, yeah, it, it goes with any entertainment medium. Me and you are both big comic book fans. Uh, you know, we, we watch a lot of movies, so do, do we do the talk horror podcast or something like that? You Too much overload will lead to fatigue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like with... I'm glad that there is so much wrestling to choose from now, but it's a matter of choosing from it, not trying to eat all of it. Yes. Yes. And, and, and um, it's... It's shocking that WWE has put themselves into this position that I'm this unenthused. I mean, I went into that week thinking, I'm going to just ride this winter watching nothing but wrestling unless I have to do something else, right? Like, I was just just juiced. I thought, again, Rusev is back. This is very exciting to me. I'm a big Rusev fan. Uh, Right. The Fiend had my interest just like everybody else's, but... You, you you can't put that excitement back in the bottle. Like you 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 again. You will let it go up in smoke. And what do you right. do? What do you do now? But wait for the smoke to clear and see what they do next. The problem is that they're they're not going to have me live viewing. And I think that they've probably got a lot of people. I'm very much excited to see the second week of ratings and how they compare who goes up, who goes down. I agree. And and I think I, you, you may not even see a significant change in the second week. It may take a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but I think uh, this last week, this last seven days of wrestling was very important for everyone involved in it. And I think WWE dropped the ball more than once 
in the last week or so with multiple audiences. And uh, when you have this much to choose from, I don't know. I'm, I'm real interested to see if it mattered at all. Yeah, and with social media as it is, you know, WWE has always treated those social media as raw numbers, right? They, they love to show week after week, hey, we were number one compared to all these other broadcasts, yeah, da, 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 da. What do those numbers represent, though? They represent a fan base who are going to be saying to the new fans, oh, you liked that? Well, here's what you really want to be watching. Right. And you've pushed away a whole lot of fans this week, which is a very bold strategy. It is. Alienating your fan base. Absolutely. When you're you're seeking competition for the very first time. Yeah, if, if the plan is to pull everybody up to your level by pushing away the fans that you don't want... Very shrewd. Very shrewd. Very shrewd. Very shrewd. Well, we hope that we haven't pushed you guys away. We're very thankful for all of our listeners here at the One Fall Show. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Whew. Let us know what you think about wrestling. What do you th- this very first week? What are your What are your thoughts? What are your uh, What are your impressions? Yep. We love talking to you guys on our Facebook group at the One Fall Show. Please join us. Uh, we like to share memes on there, wrestling memes, and all sorts of stuff. You uh, You can You can. Not tell us apart from any of the other wrestling groups because much like all of them, we have that final shot of Hell in a Cell as our cover photo. Uh, yes. with, it just says crowd booze. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, our buddy from uh, from Lapotle sent us one that put the one fall show over the black screen. I'm going to introduce that tonight when I post this episode. I cannot wait to yes. see that. That's fantastic. And we are not abandoning the the format of uh, bringing guests in. Oh. It's just this is a huge week and we wanted to sort of reset. We wanted to see wh- what our opinions were going forward. We wanted to put all of our focus onto that. Yes. And so... Who knows what we're going to do next week, but we are going to do our damnedest to uh, put on a great show in what I think is becoming an excellent new studio. I've been working so <laughs> damn hard on this studio, yeah. and uh, boy, I wish I had the the actual, like, the very first before pictures, which I never took. Uh, this it was would, just it's, a it's dump. A, it's a drastic difference, <laughs> and if, anybody, if, if nobody else appreciates it, Shawnee, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm 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 glad. Yeah, I, I finally felt guilty about the fact that I was poisoning you with the very air that you had to breathe when you came over to my house. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, find us at the One Fall Show Group. Find us on Twitter. You can find me at Shawnee.Constant on Instagram. Find Mr. Bean on uh, Nerd Radio. Absolutely. If you're into comic books uh, uh, and uh, things of that nature, especially. Yep. And thank you all so much. We'll talk to you next week. You know, Bobby. Tell him to fuck off. All right, Josh. Jeez, I don't know if we're going to be able to bring Josh back. <laughs> Little lungs in a great big world. Hey, fuck you. Bill Kid Rock, every day for the rest of his life until he dies. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Woo! Um, Barry, Cindy Lawford. Yeah. <laughs>